This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Version 2.0 of the PCI Data Security Standard hits the streets and takes effect January 1. And identity theft is on the rise, and a new study from FinCEN finds that it's not cyber attacks that are compromising most consumers, it's family and friends. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, with the Week in Review for Friday, October 29, 2010. The PCI Security Standards Council this week released versions 2.0 of its Data Security Standard and its Payment Application Data Security Standard. While there are no significant changes, outstanding questions do remain about the emerging technology guidance that was released earlier this month. Emerging technology standards, including ones for tokenization and encryption, will be addressed in the future, says Bob Russo, the Council's general manager. The Council issued its first guidance on EMV and encryption in October. When we first started looking at the emerging technologies, we looked at strengthening the existing standards by adding additional layers of technology, including EMV, point-to-point encryption, and tokenization, Russo says. The biggest thing we've learned from this round of changes is that the PCI standards are maturing, and maturing gracefully. And while there are not many changes to the standard this time around, it is clear to the Council that different technologies that offer additional layers of security will be very important moving forward. Now, after this short break, I'll be right back with more news highlights from the week. Are you responsible for your institution's compliance program? Do ATM fraud, ACH fraud, and online fraud keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the BankInfoSecurity.com educational webinar library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit BankInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. ID theft is on the rise, and according to a new report from the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, most cases of identity theft can't be blamed on cyber attacks. Rather, they can be blamed on family and friends. In Finson's new report, Identity Theft, Trends, Patterns, and Typologies Reported in Suspicious Activity Reports, Finson finds that identity theft perpetrated by family, friends, and business partners ranked number one among SARS filings by U.S. depository institutions in 2009. John Summers, a project officer at Finson and a lead on the Finson study, says in 27.5% of the filings, compromises perpetrated by family and friends were the highest. It basically means someone close to them was getting access to their files and using their information, he says. And payments without card numbers? Is that even possible? Well, the new payments platform being piloted by NACHA, the Electronic Payments Association, proves that it is. Called SecureVault, the online payments platform takes credit and debit out of the transaction. The service works like a one-time credit a consumer might make over the Internet to his or her financial institution. The difference? With SecureVault, the consumer makes a one-time payment to an online merchant. It's a direct payment facilitated through the financial institution. And since credit and debit are taken out of the equation, so too is interchange, as well as the need for the consumer to provide the merchant with personal financial information. Natcha expects to officially launch the platform in December. I think it's pretty interesting and has some worth. Everybody wins, and it's very secure. Unlike PayPal, which requires users to provide debit information, SecureVault requires no financial information from the consumer at all, so risk is not part of the equation. I think this could be the start of some very cool transaction options for ACH, opening doors for money remittances and other peer-to-peer payments. 
Remember about six years ago when some innovators were talking about using ACH to facilitate cross-border money transfers? Well, that idea didn't take off, but I have to wonder if Secure Vault might have been the missing link. Only time will tell. And this week we got some unique perspective from an actual victim of identity theft. Jim Wilkinson, a 52-year-old Massachusetts man who had his identity compromised after what he suspects was a phishing attack. Wilkinson is the first in a series of podcast interviews with victims of ID theft. Here is Jim Wilkinson. We do quite a bit on the computer when we can. We do bill pay, etc. And my wife noticed that some bills weren't getting paid and they come back saying, um, I, I don't know the exact scope of it, but we had some... Um, uh, a bounce check. Uh, there were some issues when she did go online. The account wasn't correctly. It wouldn't let her sign in. Um, and then that's when we found out that our identity theft has been go uh, was compromised. And we had no idea how we did it. We even had a computer expert come in, and we thought something was wrong with our computer. We were doing something wrong. It was just a nightmare for us. That's this week's Week in Review. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Have a great week. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.